Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. able to minister the word of God but you know it's an honor you know it's an honor here to be with living word uh, la mirada amen and and it's just a blessing for us but I don't know about you you know I'm on a timer here and I know I don't want to get past my time because pastor Ruben says you gotta if you can't get it through you better get it done amen and if not uh brother uh Ruben Sandoval is gonna have to stay here with me until we close up amen but how many are really excited tonight? Amen. Oh, come on again. Let's get excited. Tonight, I've entitled this message. You know, as we know, our theme is, are you ready? But are you ready to get up and respond to the healing? Could I get an amen? And if you have your Bibles with you tonight, if you can turn with me to John chapter 5, one, verse 1 through 9. If I can get an amen when we get there. This is uh, the pool of Bethesda, amen? And right here is where an invalid man has been sitting there for 38 years, amen? Sound familiar? It's like living word of Upland, amen? Out there, they've been sitting there in a condition this man has been stuck, amen? And I really believe that us as Christians, as men and women, we end up getting stuck, amen, through everything that we're doing that is not in the will of God. We come to a point in our life that, you know, things have to change. Tell your neighbor, things have to change. But here in John chapter 5, 1 through 9, the Bible reads like this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here are great number of disabled people used to lie. Hello, somebody sound like us, right? The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been in invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid reply, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked the day on which took place with the Sabbath. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, tonight, Father God, for your word, Father God, that is going to be ministered to us tonight, Lord. Let us open up our hearts, Father God. Let us open up our minds. Let us be able to attain your word today, Lord. And through it all, Lord Jesus, always giving you the praise, the honor, and the mighty glory. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five. Amen. So here in this portion of scripture, I want us to look at three things, okay? 
First, I want to talk about Bethesda. But then also, when we're looking at Bethesda, there's another part where it talks about the invalid man. And then also, when Jesus responds and tells him to get up. You see, many of us, as we walk with the Lord, we need to understand that we need to respond. How many are tired of being tired? Amen. How many feel that sometimes even what we're doing for God, sometimes it's not happening. But in reality, are we responding? You see, the invalid man was stuck for 38 years in a condition where the lame, the blind and all the excuses in the world why he wouldn't get in the pool because someone else won me. Sound familiar? You see, the fulfillment is this. In our purpose, we can delay if we're not healed. Many of us will come. Tell your neighbor, we'll come. We'll come to the pool of Bethesda. I really believe, and I'm going to share right now because I'm going to explain where Bethesda means. Amen. Let me go back. Amen. Let me go back before I go ahead. You see, many of us, the fulfillment of our purpose can be delayed because we're not healed. If we're sick or injured, our dreams might be delayed. Amen. Again, let's go to verse two. It talks about the pool of Bethesda. This is what Bethesda means in the Hebrews. Amen. It means the house of mercy. It means the house of grace. Meaning that this is the house of mercy. This is the house of grace. This is the area where we get healed. How many want to get healed tonight again? Amen. Amen. But it's in the house. And we'll come to where we know where that pool's at. We'll know where Bethesda's at. We'll know where living word of La Mirada's at. We know where it is. But sometimes we don't want to get in the pool. It's quiet in this holy place. Amen. You can hear a pin drop tonight. But could I preach tonight? Amen. You see, so the pool represents, but this means the house of mercy. It means the house of grace. It means that the pool represents the church. You see, the church is a house where we receive mercy. The church is a place where we receive healing. The church is where the Holy Spirit will become the house of healing. So when we talk about the pool of Bethesda, that's where these people, the invalid people knew that this was the pool where you would get your healing. It's like the church. This is where we know that we need to come to get our healing. Amen. But some of us, again, we won't respond. Tell your neighbor you need to respond. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you tonight. You see, we all come into the house of God needing some kind of healing. I don't believe that if we were healed, we were here tonight. Amen. Amen. There had to be something that, hey, I needed healing and something that was going on in my life. I was already tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of the way the enemy would treat me. I was tired of just getting slapped around. But I had to come to a place that I needed healing. Could I get an amen? Amen. Do you need healing tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. You see, it might be this healing that you're seeking. It might be physical. It might be emotional. It might be spiritual. 
But we all need some kind of healing in our lives. Could I get an amen? Look what physical healing will kind of represent. Psalms 41.3 says, The Lord sustains them on their sickened bed and restores them from their bed of illness. Look at Psalms 103.3 says, Who forgives all your sin and heals all your, all your diseases? Amen. So as we can understand that, yes, physical healing sometimes will come to the house of God. Maybe there's been something in our life, amen, something where we need that physical healing. But that's not all that we need to get healed. It might be an emotional part. Could I get an amen? Look what Psalms 37, 17, 19 says. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. It is time of disasters. They will not wither in the days of famine. They will not enjoy plenty. Amen. We are made righteous in the faith of Christ Jesus. Could I get an amen? Oh, come on. Let's give a clap offering for the Lord. Or maybe we're in a spiritual mindset, a spiritual uh, healing where we need breakthrough within our life because everything's going all bad. Nobody here, right? I'm just talking about living word of upland. Amen. It's over there where the papas or the frijoles hit the manteca. But in reality, we all need spiritual healing. I'm going to tell you like this. If you're really being healed, if you're really wanting to respond to the healing, you're going to get in the pool. If you're beginning to do the will of God in your life, amen, because how many of us know if God is with us, who can be against us, amen? God wants to heal your land, heal your children, heal everything that you put your hands on to. But we have to understand that we got to get in. Tell your neighbor we got to get in. Man. Some good stuff, amen. How many came for some carne asada tonight, amen? In other words, spiritual healing is needs to be complete to fulfill the purpose for our lives. The word of God is full of scripture that talks about healing. But let's go. Let's talk about the invalid. I put out something on the internet the other day. About talking about the invalid. You see in the Hebrew words invalid means lemma. Meaning being foolish. Declared to be void. Considered, amen, invalid. Other, uh, uh, I had other things of, of, of um, how do you call that? Just other representations of the word means to fall. It means to fail. It means to be foolish. Wicked, despise, disgrace, dishonor, amen. That's what it means to be, uh, um, how would you call it, to be invalid. It also means to be contempt, foolish, or even dishonor. This is what the word invalid means. So now let's go back again. Tell your neighbor we got to go back to the pool again. Hold on, hold on. I got to get in the pool right now, okay? 
So now we're getting in the pool, amen? So we're understanding what the invalid means, right? Look at the condition where this man found himself, amen? Don't worry, Alan, I won't blow my nose on it, all right? He texted me, he said, don't blow your nose on it, pastor, please. Amen, hallelujah. I just anointed it, hallelujah. You see, we can imagine him looking down. This is how the invalid felt. Looking dejected, rejected, amen. Never, you ever feel like that? Or maybe even neglected? Or for some of you, even infected, amen. Hello, somebody. You see, we find ourselves sometimes in the situation like the invalid. Stuck in the same condition year after year. Tell your neighbor, nothing happening. Nothing. Have you ever felt like that? Year after year, you come in the church. You come in through those doors. Wanting something. Yeah, you might feel the presence because you're like in that invalid man that sat by the pool because we're sitting by the pool, but we don't get in. So we come in and we leave. Maybe when seeing miracles happening, hallelujah, but we leave the same. Tell your neighbor, I want hope this year. You see, when we find ourselves in this situation like the invalid man, stuck in the same condition year after year, filling with no hope in our lives. We can find ourselves looking around at others to help us to do the work so that way we can blame others. Look at right when I said that, everybody's looking at, yeah, huh, I know. But in reality... It's like this invalid man, or maybe we find ourselves not even looking up or around. We're being, we like being in the condition that we're in. Hello, somebody. We like people feeling sorry for us. We like to have our own pity party, amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be around people that are going to want to have pity parties. Amen. I want to be successful in the things of God. I want my healing. Amen. I believe. Amen. I want to respond to what God has for my life. I don't care what it takes, but my God says that he has promises for my life. Could I get an amen? amen. Now slap your neighbor real fast. Say, wake up. Amen. I'm just kidding. We don't want the cuts. Pastor Ruben, I'm sorry. But our worst, we can be like the invalid where we are content in our sin. How many of us know sinning is easy? For some of us, sinning is fun. Serving Jesus is hard. Being a Christian, it's hard because why? It takes commitment. Or here, let's hear the other invalid person. Maybe you already been saved. And God has done the good work in your life. He restored your marriage. He restored your relationship where ones you burned already. Amen. Family members. He restored your children. Amen. Now they're starting to look back at you. Amen. He has given you a job. Amen. That you don't tithe no more. You think you made it. Now you're ready to turn your back on Jesus again. And just when he was ready to take you into your next blessing. Right. 
the invalid. You want me to say it in Spanish? The invalid would say, Este ya me ganó. Ya me ganó, amen. I don't know about you, but tell your neighbor the third part that we're going to look at this. It's time to get up. Tell your neighbor, it's easier said than done. Why? What keeps us from getting up? Ask your neighbor, what keeps you from getting up? Well, I'm going to give you something, amen? Maybe this will help you. Fear keeps us from getting up. You see, what happens when fear enters our heart, it paralyzes us to receive what God is going to give us. What happens is when fear starts to develop within our hearts, then comes the anxiety, then comes the weariness. Amen. You got to understand that we will all be afraid and fear at some point of our life. Look at what Psalms 56 3 says. And this is David. David said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Amen. King David says, not if I'm going to be afraid. No, he says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, Lord. And, you know, David at this time, you know, of his life, you know, he was going through things. Amen. How many of us know that if you sin, you're going to go through some things. Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, we still got to have confidence in who we serve. Amen. And we got to understand that we serve a loving God that will forgive us of our sins. Amen. As long as that we repent and turn away. Could I get an amen? amen? Understanding this, that God is always with us. Jesus gives us the strength. Tell your neighbor, stop doing it on your own strength. Look what 2 Timothy 1.7 says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Understanding this, that we have the resurrection power that Jesus had. Amen. Only when we respond to the pull. What's another thing that will keep us from getting up? Tell your neighbor, well, what is it? You see, the other thing that will keep us of getting up and getting in the pool is unbelief. We'll start unbelieving God to do what he can do in our lives. Even though when he's already done so much in our lives. Today, you're a testimony that you're here. Amen. He has given you another chance. Amen. But we start to have unbelief in our heart. You see, we forget what God has already done in our lives. We say he can't do it again or we believe the devil's lies. The one whispering. Mark 16 said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. It is our faith in Jesus Christ that will save us. It is God's grace not earned or deserved that restores our relationship with God. You see, 
Pastor Ruben just talked about this Sunday. Stir yourself to restore yourself. You see, I really believe that we need to have that restoration back with Christ Jesus. Amen. And in order for us to restore, we need to respond. Another thing that will keep us from getting up is we begin to doubt. You see, doubt goes with the, with the one right before it, unbelief. Doubt in our salvation. Doubt in our unforgiveness. Amen. God can't forgive me. I've lied. I've cheated. I've murdered. I've denied Jesus Christ. Didn't Peter do that? But God still did not put him out to the side. Understanding this, that if God did not put Peter to the side, why would he push you to the side? Oh, come on. If you can clap for Jesus, give him a clap offering tonight. Peter disowned Jesus three times. Matthew 26, 69, 75. I'm going to read it to you. Now, Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out of the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was there with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know that man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken before the rooster will crow. Three times and you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. How many times have we disowned Jesus? How many, uh, uh, how many times have we just put doubt that Jesus can't do it? How many times have we just turned our back on Jesus, amen, when he's beginning to do something good in our lives? You see, even though God gave Peter a chance to have re realization, repentance, and restoration back in his life. Could I get an amen? amen. And then number, another one that will keep us of getting up is we get comfortable where we're at. Nobody here, right? Nobody feel here that they already arrived where they're going. Tell your neighbor, he's talking to you really tonight, amen? You see, too many of us as Christian, as believers, I believe that we get comfortable in a place, amen? And this is not where God, God says, stir it up. Get stirred up, amen. Start bringing them souls to me, amen, where God wants to use you, amen. I don't care where you're at, whatever's going on in your life, amen. He says, stir that vessel up amen and get that holy spirit a move amen because i need you to do some work for me could i get an amen 
But we get comfortable. We get spiritual lazy. We get fat on the word. Amen. Hallelujah. And we take all this spiritual bread and we don't get up and exercise our faith. We're just happy to sit down on the couch and take in the word and get fat. Tell your neighbor, we get lazy. We take spiritual naps and then we get moody. Sound like anybody? Amen. You see, we're happy with the where, where God has brought us. Our wife is happy, happy wife, happy life. Hello, somebody. Or we'll push ourselves from God and say, that's enough, Lord. I don't need too much. We're ready to stop for a hamburger when God has a porterhouse steak for you. Hello, somebody. Or Flamé Mignon, amen. With the little lobster tail. But what happens is we just get lazy. Understand that God has so much more for us if we get up. How many are ready to get up tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. I can't see your hands, but how many are ready? Amen. If you don't want to get up, I'll get up for you. Amen. To get more blessings that God has for my life. Amen. But now, how do we get up? I'm going to give us our points right now. And hopefully it makes sense to your life. We get up. First, number one. We have to want to get well. In order to get up and get in the pool, you have to make the decision that I want to get well. Many of us are stuck because, yes, we want to get well, but we don't want to get in the pool. The invalid man was stuck there for 38 years. If you sit in the church for years after years, coming in the same way, not responding to your call, not responding to what God has for you, you're going to get stuck in that same place and not grow in anything until when the enemy will take you out. So in other words, you, you, we have to want to get well. Jesus is asking us today. Verse 6 says, do you want to get well? In other words, we had to give up our own strength and allow Jesus to help us. And see that he is reaching out to us. One thing that I'm going to tell you, church, as believers, when we do things in our own strength, it's only going to last for a minute. You could come all buck wild. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be the one in the corner and everything. But if you do it on your own strength, you're going to get burned out. When you do it in the strength of God and allow God to do what he has to do in your life. Believe me, he's going to keep you going and going and going and going. But you have to respond to get well. How many want to get well tonight? Amen. Look what Philippians 4.13 says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Meaning that my strength should come by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It should not be like me that just want to do my own strength. It has to be by the strength of God. Amen. Because if he can get you through, if he can get it through you, he's going to get it to you. Could I get an amen? Give your neighbor a high five. Amen. So now you want to get well. How many want to get well again tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. That means we're going to jump in the pool. And then for number two, if you want to get up, tell your neighbor, you need to start making excuses. They're all like belly buns and armpits and they all stink. Amen. So if you're one that makes excuses because blaming others, amen, then maybe you are a belly bun or an armpit and that's why you stink. Romans 2.1 says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same thing. Again, excuses. How many got excuses? Let me see the hands out there. Oh, we got excusers right there. Amen. Understand this, church. We are responsible for our own salvation. We all have the same opportunities. You know, as pastors or as ministers of the word of God, our responsibility is not to get for you to be saved. It's your responsibility to want to get saved. We're here to equip the saints. Amen. We're supposed to be the saints. We're the ones that are supposed to be receiving the word of God that is being ministered from this pulpit all the time. Amen. And we want we have to be the ones that want to get healed and we got to get saved. It's our responsibility. Remember, God is not going to force you to him. He's going to want you to come to him, but he wants your own will to be surrendered to him. Amen. So that way we can get saved. Could I get an amen? But it's our responsibility for our own salvation. Like I always tell my church, I'm not going to be there with you when you go with Jesus or if you go, it's going to be you and him. I tell my wife the same thing. I have to be, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own thing with God. Amen. Amen. I have to respond just like you do. And then again, excuses usually lead to sin. It's just the way I am. I tried, but I can't stop myself. It comes down to pride and arrogance. Look at your neighbor real slow. Does he look stubborn? probably stubborn right now amen so it's pride arrogance and stubbornness amen when we're making excuses and then excuses lead to number three three we need to stop blaming others we always blame others for where we're at, the condition that we're in. Well, I'm because this way because of this, or you don't know my life. You know, my Bible says that we're able to break generation curses in our life. Amen. If you feel that you've been stuck 
in your life. If you feel that you've been in a place like the invalid man. Stuck in the pool. Maybe feeling helpless. Feeling no hope in our life. No. You have to get in. John 5, 7 says, Sir, the invalid reply. I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Excuses. See, excuses, it's always someone else's fault. For your past, for your current situation, and for whatever else happens. You see, the stirring of the pool is here at the altar. As pastor, when pastor preaches here, he stirs up. The pool. This is where the healing comes. God wants you to come to him. He's omni. He's with us. In every presence of life. Because he's everywhere with us. But he wants you to get in the pool. See at that time. It was only one individual. Jesus paid the price for all of us. As God always stirs up the pool for us to get healed in wherever area of our lives that we can all stand tonight. You see, excuses started from the beginning. Look what Genesis 3, 12, 13 says. The man said, the woman who you gave to me or to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this? What have you done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. You see, the blame game has been going on since the beginning of creation. Church, God has a plan for every one of you here in this house you have a calling to fulfill and God wants to take you into another level of your life but the only way is by responding to want to get healed because God needs to heal you first to keep taking you to the steps of your life in the process until we come home to him. But it is us that need to respond to want to get healed. And when you respond, that means that you will surrender your life to God. Could I get an amen? But tonight, I'm giving this opportunity to maybe some of you, maybe all of us, that we haven't responded the way we should be responding. Maybe there's things in our life that we have not let go. And God hasn't been able to heal us there. And that's why we stay in the condition that we're in. Because we got to let go. But tonight, I'm going to put this opportunity. If there's anybody out there. Because it all begins first as we ask God for forgiveness and repentance 
if there's somebody out there, if you can raise your hand, that might want to dedicate your life to God, or maybe not living the way we should be living. But I believe that we need to ask for forgiveness. And I always like to do it in a group setting. If there's anybody out there that I believe that we all should come together and say.